Welcome to the What's Next podcast, a podcast that faces the future of the nonprofit industry head on. Each episode will invite a guest on the show to have a discussion surrounding the changing nonprofit landscape and what that means for nonprofit professionals like you. This week, we have guest Amy Eisenstein. Amy is the author of the online fundraising resources Mastering Major Gifts and the Capital Campaign Toolkit. Her published books include Major Gift Fundraising for Small Shops and 50 Asks in 50 Weeks. She became a CFRE professional in 2004 and received the ACFRE in 2013. Let's jump into the conversation. I have with me today Amy Eisenstein. How are you doing today, Amy? I'm great. Thanks, Randy. Hey, thank you. Ever since uh, we did a webinar here just a while back, I've been looking forward to this conversation. Um, we talked a little bit about that at the time that uh, our podcast right now is exploring the ever-changing world of the nonprofit. And we're at a time right now where uh, there's going to be some major changes. We've got leadership transitions going on right now. We've got new donor bases being built up. And you were talking to me at the time about capital campaigns. And we haven't had anyone talk about that. So thank you for coming and sharing. My pleasure. I'm happy to talk about capital campaigns <laughs> and what's going on. Well, let's just jump right in and tell me what trends are you kind of seeing in uh, capital campaigns right now? Yeah, I think it's a really interesting time in fundraising and more specifically with capital campaigns. Uh, there's a few trends and changes I see going on specific to campaigns. Uh, one is that consultants' roles in campaigns are really starting to change. Traditionally, a campaign consultant was brought in from start to finish for a capital campaign, and often they'd spend hours or days a week and certainly a month uh, they'd fly in, they'd spend a whole day or multiple days in the conference room. Um, and that's how campaigns worked. And consultants were involved in every detail from start to finish. But that's really not the case anymore for a variety of reasons. Um, and if it is still the case at your organization, um, I want you to explore a new model. And that is that consultants' roles have really changed. They're doing more coaching and guiding and because of technology, they're able to do much more of that remotely, which is more cost effective for you as the organization. And so one change I see is the way consultants are, are playing roles. I think there's also more in-house expertise. So consultants, instead of being brought in from start to finish of a campaign, they can be more on an a la carte model where you bring in consultants where and when you need them most for their expertise, maybe solicitation training with your board or, you know, but piecemeal it together. Um, I think that goes on along with another trend is that fundraising is becoming more and more professionalized. There's more formal training out there. There's college, you can major in fundraising now. Um, there's more formal courses and and there's data available so professional fundraising professionals can make informed decisions. Um, they have more access to information online. And so they're not as reliant on consultants as maybe they have been in the past. So those are a couple of trends. You want another or should we keep going? <laughs> if you have more and you want to share, certainly. 
But, but All right. I'll, I'll give you one more. Okay. Bonus right here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think, you know, the one more, and, and this may be obvious, but volunteers, donors, and staff can communicate more easily because of technology and seeing nonprofits leverage that technology, right? So you have shared documents, you have video chatting. So, you you know, in the past, when you wanted to have a conversation with a donor or a volunteer, um, there were lots of in-person meetings. And I'm not saying that that doesn't happen or it shouldn't ever happen, but it's it's much easier to have a video conference and uh, do a quick meeting or or share documents because of all the technology that we're using in the in the work world today. So I guess that's, you know, that's on on par trend with with everything else, yeah. the work world. Yeah. Technology kind of gets gets into everything at this point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's there's better tools and technology available. And, you know, whether it's a donor database or other types of platforms, the technology really is allowing staff and volunteers to communicate, to run their campaigns more efficiently and effectively. Um, it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing when uh, when you let the technology work for you instead of just trying to shoehorn yourself into different technologies. I think that's we get caught up in that. That's why there's 500 apps for uh, to do lists. <laughs> right. Or or the other thing that nonprofits sometimes they're stuck in the past and they're stuck in the past doing things the old fashioned way, relying on a consultant, telling them what to do from A to Z. And it doesn't need to happen that way anymore. So are you seeing uh, a lot of capital campaigns kind of uh, gearing up? I feel like like in my community, I feel like it must have been like the mid 70s. There were a lot of nonprofits that did a lot of stuff. And now there there's aging infrastructure. Are you are you seeing a trend in that that we're just in need for more capital campaigns or is that stayed relatively consistent? Yeah, I, you know, I think what you're seeing or what what we're seeing is that organizations are doing campaigns more frequently um, and for sometimes smaller amounts. So in the past, you might wait 10 or 20 years to do a capital campaign. But now you might see an organization do a capital campaign every eight years or uh, where in the past, if they were going to wait 20 years, you know, they might do it every 10 years and they can do it for smaller things, not a whole building or campus renovation, but maybe just for this part of the center or, or that wing or something. So there'll be more mini campaigns. Um, but I do think in general, campaigns are happening more frequently than they were in the past. Cool. Um, I, I've also really appreciated the ones that are trying to get endowments built into that too. So if they're building something or, or uh, you know, they're putting a maintenance fund in as part of it as part of their stretch goal, I think, which For I sure. which I really appreciate because that that will help future generations. Uh, down the road. How does an organization yeah. even know that they're ready for a capital campaign? Yeah. Let, before I get to that, okay, let me just sorry. go back. It's really important what you were saying about the endowments as a piece of the campaign. What is challenging is when organizations come to me and they want to do an endowment campaign without any other uh, 
type of fundraising in there. They just want to raise money for an endowment. And generally, campaigns that are just for endowment aren't so successful. So I strongly discourage only endowment campaigns, but as a piece of a larger campaign, for sure. Um, so I just wanted to throw yeah, that most, in there as well. Most definitely. Okay. So, so if there, yeah. if if we we have potentially more frequent uh, smaller campaigns, how does an organization even know if they're ready for a capital campaign? So the quick way for an organization to know if they're ready for a campaign, my quickest test is to see if they can identify or make a list of their top 20 donors that would give the leadership level gifts to their campaign. And if they can scribble down on a piece of paper relatively quickly, you know, their top 20 potential gifts, their top 20 donors to the campaign, then I would say that that they might be ready for a campaign. Um, they also, I also ask if they have funding and staff allocated for a campaign. So when an organization said they want to raise 10 times what they've been raising annually, but they have no additional staff or budget, then I know that they're not ready for a campaign. <laughs> um, so if they've thought about what the budget is going to look like, how they're going to lead this fundraising effort, that's that's many, many times bigger than what they do on an annual basis. Um, another indicator to know if an organization is ready is to know if their board's on board and if they're supportive. So has the board discussed a potential campaign? Has there been any sort of vote or at least discussion where most people are supportive and understand that they'll need to play a role in the campaign? That doesn't mean that board members will need to be the largest donors, but they all need to make a gift to the campaign, a significant gift for their own budget. And they need to be prepared to talk about the campaign and advocate on behalf of the campaign and network for the campaign. Um, so if the board has discussed it, if they're on board and supportive, then indicator. And the last one I'll mention is, and maybe this should have been mentioned first, but if there's a well-established need, an urgent need. So is there is the, is there a strong case for a campaign? Do you know what the vision is? For the campaign and how it would transform your organization. And if you're able to articulate that, even, I mean, you don't need to be able to articulate it perfectly. That's part of the campaign readiness process, but you need to know what the need is and how a campaign would change the way your organization uh, delivers services. So you mentioned the board being on board, um, but how uh, can an organization outside of that board find leadership level gifts that they need to have a successful campaign? So always, always we want, when we're looking for leadership level gifts to kick off a campaign, you want to start with your existing donors. And I hope that's obvious, but with so many organizations, they come to me or any campaign consultant thinking that the biggest donors are somehow out there as opposed to already in their network or their community. So um, starting with your existing donors is where you're really going to look for your leadership level donors. And then the next outer circle would be donors who maybe don't give to you yet, but they're lead donors in your community. And when I say in your community, that could be local or global if your nonprofit serves a market, but 
if you're a local nonprofit, uh, the people that are going to care most about the cause are going to be in your community. So hopefully there, there are leaders. Well, there are leaders in every community who, who lead the charge in campaigns. And so if your organization is well known, whether or not they're a donor yet, they know about you. So a campaign is an opportunity to connect with some of those leader donors. But really starting with your own donors, that's the first place. And then immediate networks within your community. That's where the leadership level gifts are going to come from. Yeah, I, it's yeah. it's always interesting to me when I talk to people uh, that are novices at fundraising and this notion of, um, you know, it just comes back to relationships that you've, that you've established. Uh, and obviously at a leadership level, they have to be, they have to be pretty well established. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, a campaign is, oh, sorry. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go. Uh, a, a campaign is an opportunity to build and strengthen relationships. So don't, I don't want listeners to think that they need to have really strong existing relationships with all of these leadership level donors, because that is actually what will happen and develop as you prepare for this campaign. That's part of the campaign preparation process is building relationships with some of those big community donors. It, it definitely, it, it just always comes back to those relationships and, and it's, it's fun when you get an unexpected relationship where you start talking about your cause and then they're like, ah, oh, tell me more. <laughs> yes. Exactly. And that's actually what happens in a campaign is that some of the biggest donors in your community will be excited about get the next level. And so maybe they don't support you on an annual basis, but when you have a big vision like this, that's when they come on board because they they're visionaries. They want to see big things happen. So it's exactly the opportunity to connect with some of the bigger stoners in your community when you're getting ready to launch a campaign. Yeah. Indeed. So you did mention something about coaching uh, versus just uh, consultants coming in. Um, and doing the whole thing. So what are some of the thoughts on that rise of cold coaching as an effective way to get campaign advice? Yeah, I think it's really interesting. Over the last decade, we have seen an explosion of coaching becoming more mainstream for all sorts of professions. So in the past, we just think of coaches for athletes, right? Um, or maybe the next iteration was uh, Fortune 500 CEOs have found coaches. But now there's coaches, honestly, for everything from nutrition to lifestyle to on and on and on. Um, and coaching really has been become a much more acceptable uh, form of, get, of self-improvement. And with capital campaigns, it's no different. And Consultants and campaign coaches serve in a way that really allows the organization to have access to expertise and accountability in a cost-effective way. So coaching, to me, is really where campaigns are headed, the new frontier of capital campaign coaching. Uh, consulting really is coaching. 
um, because a lot of the campaign work can be done in-house. It's just a matter of having the confidence and the accountability. Um, and that's what a coach provides in many cases. So uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of coach for a campaign. Okay. So you mentioned coaching and I and I think there's something really cool that you've done that kind of acts as kind of a gateway coach. You you developed this great online resource called the Capital Campaign Toolkit. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, thank you for asking. I'm really excited about this new online resource, online platform that we've created and essentially it is a step-by-step guide so that staff and board members will to know exactly what's coming in in a campaign and what they need to do next. In essence, it puts the staff member in the driver's seat of their campaign so that they, they have a roadmap to you use that analogy a little farther. Uh, so they know exactly what's coming up in their campaign and they know exactly what they need to do. So it's it's a step-by-step guide with all the tools, resources, support, and accountability that an organization would need for leading a cost-effective campaign uh, really successfully. Yeah, that sounds that sounds great, especially if you're you've never done one or, you know, I think it would actually help uh, people that have done one in the past to understand how uh, maybe they could do it differently using a coaching method rather than bringing on uh, bringing on a, a consultant that does all of the work. Uh, because as 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 you know, those can get a little bit pricey. <laughs> yes. You know, whether using a consultant uh, for your whole campaign or honestly for bits and pieces for expertise where and when you need it. Uh, this capital campaign toolkit gives you all of the resources that you need to know where you're going. So whether you're using it alongside with a consultant or you have a consultant as a coach that is guiding you through this, the campaign process, or you want to take a crack at it yourself. Um, this roadmap step-by-step guide gives you everything you need to do that. All right. Well, thank you so much, Amy. This was uh, pretty enlightening uh, for me. Gives me a lot to think about as as we you know go forward on this whole thing in the nonprofit sector and how things are changing and how capital campaigns will continue to play into that. Um, so I appreciate your insights today. Thank you so much. So if listeners are interested, we have a free step-by-step guide on the Capital Campaign Toolkit website. It's just capitalcampaigntoolkit.com and you can get your free campaign roadmap. It's called a step-by-step guide. Uh, So we'd love for you to go over there and, and get your free guide. Well, hey, thanks for that offer, Amy. And thank you so much for providing us insight. And that's a wrap. Thanks so much to you, Amy, for joining us for today's conversation. And thanks to all of you for tuning in. I hope we've provided some insight you can take back to your organization or at least a little entertainment. You'll have to tune in next time to learn what's next. <laughs>